Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You have tuned in to the home of America's home for conservative, not bitter talk. And it is my pleasure to be here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Questions, thoughts, feedback, yes, even adoration and praise is accepted at that email address at all times. Folks, if you're going to send an email, make it count. Most of you do. Occasionally, I get an email um, that I don't know what to do with. I don't know how to respond to. Bring your A game. (laughs) I love to hear from all of you, and I welcome the emails and appreciate those who have reached out to me um, in all these years that we've been doing this program. So I want to start today. Look, we, we are now... The Democrats know they have a problem, right? We've been through this extensively. And I think, oh, there, there's, you know, put yourself in, uh, just let me tell you what it's like to be in my shoes for a minute. When I prepare to talk with you each and every day, um, when I think about the things that we're going to discuss and review, there's obviously a lot of things that are vying for. Uh, for my attention and for your attention. And there's a lot of important things. Folks, there's a lot of important things that I can't even get to. There are so many things. I have, I've done this show now. When did we launch? It would have been August 10th of 2015 is when we started the podcast. Been on radio since uh, October 3rd of 2016. Those are important dates in my mind. Been on the morning drive time because we started at 2 a.m., that's right, folks. Started at 2 a.m. back in 2016. We were there about nine months, I think is what it was. Um, and then in July of 2017, we started uh, being on during the morning drive on the radio in Indianapolis on Freedom 95, which is where many of you listen to us today. But the, the podcast started back in 2015, August, August 10th to be exact. And when I was... <sighs> Remember, that's before, folks, that was a year before Trump was elected, right? So we got into full swing, the full swing of things during the campaign. Um, But, 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 I, uh, the amount of things that we were, that were on the radar to talk about back then, I don't want to make it sound like there was nothing to talk about, because that's clearly not the case. Obama... Uh, was, of course, emperor back then and had his cell phone and pen, and there were plenty of things to discuss. But, but, I think the speed and the, just, (laughs) the speed and volume of what we deal with today is really um, just tough to, tough to comprehend sometimes. And so there's a lot of things, right? We've got, we've got things happening with covid specifically with how our governments are responding, the things that they're wanting to do. 
And I think we have some folks. I think you have a variety of folks. I think you have some politicians, make no mistake. Well, I'll save that group for last. You have some that simply want to make it look like they're doing something so that they really can't be held accountable, right? They want you to basically say to them, or they want to basically portray to you, I should say, hey, we have done everything we can. We've tried to tell you how to not get this disease. We've you know, sung songs about getting vaccinated. We've rolled our sleeves up. We've told you to get the jab. We've come up with as many witty rhymes and gotten as many entertainers as possible to get you to get this uh, vaccine. Well, the, the jab, as, as they call it, right? So there's all that. Then you've got the crowd um, that I think truly doesn't know what to do. I'm talking about politicians here. They don't know what to do. And so they think something is better than nothing, and so they start grasping at these things. But there's also, make no mistake, this is the group I wanted to lead with because this is the one I think is the most important. Make no mistake, there is a group of people out there who are see this as a political opportunity. I know that that is tough for some people to accept and to uh, swallow. I know that it goes against what you were taught, what I was taught in third grade or whenever assuming you were taught these things in school, about how our government functions. It goes against those things. That's not how this nation was supposed to work. But our founders understood that there are always people seeking to empower themselves, folks that are totalitarian tyrants, and they can come in all shapes, sizes, genders, um, ethnicities, races, and whatever other descriptor that the left wants us to judge society by today. Anyway, there's a lot of things happening. So we've got, we've got COVID, and there's 50 things we could talk about regarding COVID, regarding vaccinations, regarding, regarding Dr. Fauci. You've got, you still have things happening regarding election integrity, right? And that's, we're going to indirectly land there today because of some things Chuck Schumer is talking about. You've got the upcoming election, which make no mistake, everything we're talking about today is from the Democrats' perspective, and candidly from the Republicans' perspective, is um, to, to try to win this upcoming election, right? And this is a midterm election. This is historically an election that favors the party that is out of power, so that would favor the Republicans. On top of that, Republicans have recently um, redrawn some legislative districts. Now, that is, by the way, a constitutional prerogative of state legislatures around the country. The Democrats are saying everything's being gerrymandered. Republicans are racist. They're trying to make sure that minorities are not represented and all this sort of stuff. Um, and Republican legislatures are trying to draw the maps um, that, you know, based upon the rules that put them at the best you know the most favorable position to win elections that is look that is this is politics right the, the left would have you believe that there's some sort of a of a shape of a of an elect uh, of a district across the country that all districts i guess should be a certain shape right we have districts are determined that's why we do this every 10 years we re redraw the maps because um if a state 
gains or loses a representative, which is based upon the census, census of 2020. Um, states, some states, you know, have new uh, re- uh, legislative districts. Other states have lost them. The states that have lost them, incidentally, are often uh, the liberal states. People are fleeing these liberal states because they are mismanaged. Of course, only in many cases to go back to the new places that they've uh, populated where they've moved to and to vote for the same policies. So anyway, I think that legislators should be held accountable for the districts that they draw. That's something that, poli- that, that the voters can certainly say, hey, I didn't like how you did that. You got a little bit too creative. But the idea that there is a shape, <laughs> a shape that basically says this is this is the shape that I guess God himself um, would say is is a fair shape of a district. That doesn't exist. There there is some subjectivity, and if you're in the you know pos- uh, position of drawing those districts, it stands to reason that as much as these things stand within the uh, the subjective world, that you're going to put those subjective factors into your favor, and that's what would happen. That's what will happen. Has ha- has happened across these districts across the country, and so I mention this because because the midterms are coming up. The Democrats um, are losing a lot of districts. In fact, some people would say to you, just simply based on the number of districts made up um, in red states, in Republican states, that Republicans, by by virtue of that alone, are going to win the House, which districts have nothing to do with the Senate. Senate uh, Senators are actually elected, you know, there's two per state. They don't have to be from a particular district, just from a particular state. At one point in time, believe it or not, um, state legislatures used to elect senators. I wish we still had that, by the way. That's one way to make sure that state interests were represented in the Senate. Today, it's become nothing more but uh, than another version of the House of Representatives, which is a good thing as well. I just think our founders were ingenious in what they did. Anyway, don't have time to go into that. But the point is, the point is, Democrats can see the writing on the wall. So they can see that statistically, throughout history, the party that's in power, which currently, though it terrifies me to say it, is the Democrat Party, they are statistically going to lose seats. And if that happens, if even if it happens at an average pace, they should lose the House of Representatives. I believe they should lose the Senate as well. The Senate's a little bit more complicated because not every senator is up for re-election. Every member of the House of Representatives is up for re-election every two years. Um, the Senate, of course, they serve six years, six-year terms. So roughly one-third of the senators are up each and every each and every election every two years. So point is here, Democrats can see the writing on the wall. Democrats know that they have an unpopular president, a president that, as we talked about yesterday, has to deal with phone calls that say things like, let's go, Brandon. A president who has presided over the largest inflationary increase in modern times in many, many years. A president who has left our border even in uh, worse condition than he did as vice president with President Barack Obama, even though Trump came in and tried to uh, make improvements, and he did make improvements along the southern border. Biden has completely destroyed those as well, 
We have a debacle, had a debacle, still have a debacle, I should say, in Afghanistan that was ushered in by President Biden with the way that he left. Absolutely inexcusable. Still Americans who are in Afghanistan that don't want to be. That that is that in and of itself is um, <laughs> I, I don't even have the words uh, to to articulate just how atrocious that that really that that really is. And so all these factors, and you have COVID. Remember, Biden was going to come in. He wasn't going to shut down the economy. He was going to shut down the virus, my friends. That's right, shut down the virus. And now, as of last week or maybe the week before, sometime during the holiday break, Biden told governors that there is no federal solution to this. This is a state issue, which I would I would even take it a step further. There's really not a whole lot government can do about a microscopic virus. Right. I think we should stop looking to government, whether it's be whether it be state or federal, to save us from uh, these things. Not to say that we can't take, you know, um, we can't listen to experts. Although I'm also telling you not just to listen to them blindly because they've told us so many ridiculous things, and I don't want to go through it. But you know, Fauci at one point told us it was okay to double mask, wear goggles, and wear gloves. I mean, we we've gone absolutely berserk. Fauci also told us he didn't understand what the big deal was about personal liberty. What are you talking about liberty? we got to stop this virus. He has literally no idea what liberty is. Right? The, 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 um, you know, basically, the, the lead in our response on COVID has no idea nor concern about your personal liberty, which should be concerning for every single American, right? Um, we were told vaccines were going to stop this thing in its tracks. It's not been the case. I mean, we can go on down the list, but the point is... The point is, no matter which issue you look at, and by the way, Biden's right by saying it's not the federal government can't stop this. You can go back to the tapes or previous podcasts of this episode, and you are of this program, and you can see that we said that from, I mean, early on, we're dealing with a microscopic virus, folks, that spreads through through particles in the air and, and other ways, right? I mean, but it's it's airborne. There's ways that we should try to protect ourselves, be healthy, you know, uh, all these sorts of things. But the idea that we can stop it because the government's throwing money at it is, to me, I I just, I'm amazed at people who think that that's really the way that this was going to go down. But they're, they're out there. The point is, all these things line up poorly for President Biden and for the Democrats. And so here we are just in uh, the second work day. And some of you may not have worked yesterday, Monday the 3rd. But here we are, two days, you could say four days, but two business days into the new year. And they're already, the Democrats are already doing two things. Number one, they're trying to push for the stupid For the People Act or whatever they're going to call this thing if they try to change it or whatever, this basically federal takeover of elections, which actually is an unconstitutional action. It is not what the founders envisioned. It is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not healthy for a constitutional republic. This is not the way it's supposed to work. We have 50, 50 individual elections, I guess 51 with D.C., um, and that's how these elections are supposed to be run. But the Democrats want to take those over. Um, and so... Chuck Schumer's out there 
I guess, part B. I said two parts, but he's also, in addition to wanting to push through election reform or federalizing elections, nationalizing elections. So think U.S. post office. Think um, even even to some – well, you just think any of those Social Security Administration, right? I mean you think how quickly how, – or how slowly, I should say, you get service at these places. They're not responsive. They don't know what they're doing. There's no uh, accountability. They get paid ungodly amounts of money to work as little as possible, and there's no – you can't fire them. It's hard to improve. It's hard to manage. I think about the post office. I mean, our local post office, I think it's open two hours and then shuts down for lunch for an hour, maybe even longer. And then it's open for like three and a half more hours or just a couple more hours throughout the day. So that if you work and you need to stop by the post office in the evening, you literally, there's no way in this world you can get to the post office. I mean, it's, anyway, they want to nationalize this. They That is their answer for everything. Federal government control. Federal funding solves the problem. It actually makes it worse, and it takes it away from the – further away from the local communities, from the states, and puts it in the hands of the bureaucrats who oftentimes, almost always, someone in that group, maybe many in that group, maybe all in that group, have personal ambitions to become lifetime politicians, lifetime bureaucrats, and you can see how quickly this unravels into a major problem. So – Chuck Schumer, in addition to that, has talked about maybe doing away with the filibuster here, a U.S. Senate rule um, that has been in existence for some time, and we'll talk about that. He threatened that. In fact, he's trying to make this – I'll go through the letter that he wrote, some of the tweets and that sort of thing in the next segment. But the point is they know that they are in for a annihilation, slaughter come this November. They know it. The only chance they have is to take the election away from you. The only chance they have is to basically remove any sort of rule, regulation, restriction, reasonable step between someone casting a ballot and someone walking into the polling booth, right? So voter ID, you can kiss that goodbye. Any of that sort of stuff. To to have any sort of limits or controls or safety measures at all because elections <laughs> elections shouldn't be this ongoing never ending you know you know you've heard me say before um, we're a half step away of democrats wanting to just have people sit out on the courthouse square as people drive by and say hey i want to vote for michelle obama or whoever's on the ballot oprah winfrey and they want to tally those votes up i mean that's that's how loosey-goosey they want to play with this. To the to the left, any sort of restriction or requirement or showing of voter identification is some sort of unnecessary burden and barrier to the voter. If you don't have the, the polls open 24 hours a day, you're in favor of voter suppression. This is how the thinking goes. And it's – look, folks, they'll throw those labels at people, and they stick. And people who don't think for themselves – get caught up into this and they think that Republicans are trying to suppress the vote. I mean, I don't know how many, how much more we could do. Most states could do. I know in Indiana, for example, the polls are open for weeks. I mean, different days of the week. I mean, there's multiple places to vote, 
um, where people can go. There's mail-in ballots, absentee. I, there's all sorts of things you can do, and yet that's still not enough. That's not enough to suffice to make the radical left actually acknowledge the reality that it's not an issue of voter suppression. It's an issue of trying to manipulate elections so that they can be positioned, be positioned to, well, to allow for what we saw, uh, saw back in the 2020 election. I mean, some of these things that we've seen, um, there's actual voter fraud. It's not it's it's there for everybody to see. Now, you could say there wasn't enough. I'm not even talking about whether there's enough. But to stop it, we should all agree on, right? If you're not supposed to vote, you shouldn't vote. We shouldn't allow for people to cast multiple ballots. We shouldn't allow for people to vote who don't have proof of who they are. I mean, these are common sense sort of things. This is something that every American should agree with, and candidly, most do. But the Democrats don't care. They see this as their chance. They see this as the only chance they have of winning in 2022. And so they're gearing up immediately as we hit the new year. So we'll talk about that after the break, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program brought to you by I Sell Health. You've heard Eric on his ads on this program. i gotten to know him a little bit here over the past couple of years. Great guy. He's been, he's been on a lot of, uh, he's been interviewed on CBS, Fox, NBC. He knows his stuff. If you are in need of insurance, health insurance, reach out to Eric. You can call him 815-372-1363 or visit iSellHealth.com. Eric Wilson, great guy. Um, and it doesn't really, uh, there are some states he doesn't cover, but he covers quite a few states so he can uh, help navigate that. If you're looking for private insurance plan, if you're looking for uh, maybe adding a group plan to your office, uh, reach out to Eric, iSellHealth.com. Be sure to tell him you heard about him here on the Todd Huff Show. So let's get back into. Um, this uh, Chuck Schumer. I mean, here we are, right? First first business day of the year, 2022. Chuck Schumer sends out this tweet um, a little shy of noon yesterday. So here we go. This is what the tweet says. If Republicans continue to block our efforts, and then there's a weird space here. It skips a line. I don't know if Chuck Schumer still thinks you're supposed to double space when you type something. Um, that's probably how they taught it back when he was in school back in the 1800s. But it says here, <laughs> take it easy, I'm just having fun. If Republicans continue to block our efforts, the Senate will deb- uh, debate and consider changes to Senate rules on or before January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, to protect the foundation of our democracy. Free and fair elections is what he tweets. Now, before that, he had also tweeted out um, a letter a letter um, – who's this thing addressed to? Just to the U.S. Senate, all, all senators. I'm not going to read this this whole thing, but here they are. So never let – right? Never let a uh, crisis, never let a political opportunity go to waste. That's what Rahm Emanuel actually said. Never let a crisis 
go to waste. So here we are on the eve, the eve of the eve of the so-called insurrection back in January of last year. And so this is an opportunity for them, right? This is um, this they're dramacrats. When I when I say when I call the Democrats dramacrats, this is precisely why I do. This is this is political theater, and it should be seen as as such because the argument goes. If you read this this stupid letter that Chuck Schumer sent out, basically here we are. The week um, a year ago this week, he basically says in this letter, um, our democracy almost almost came to an end. In fact, he says in this stupid letter, our democracy held for now. <laughs> you know, it's incredible to me for a group of people that spent four years, four years undermining the election of President Donald Trump. You know, they call Trump's uh, statements about voter fraud the big lie. You know what the big lie is? Which I love how they have names for this stuff. This is how they have to, how they think, how stupid they think the American people are. They have to name things, right? And I mean, from a marketing perspective, I guess I guess I acknowledge their creativity and don't want to say brilliance, but they basically have said, look, the American people are too stupid to see what we're doing here. So we'll say um, the big lie, right? Trump out there talking about voter fraud. They don't care what happens in Arizona. They don't care what what sorts of problems existed there. They don't care about problems in Georgia or Wisconsin or any other number of states around the country. All they care about is that they were able to secure the House and the Senate and the White House, and that's what they're going to go with. When they don't win, they undermine our elections. They would have you believe that Trump and Putin got together in the Kremlin, hashed out a deal where Putin was going to get a bunch of people on social media, a bunch of Russian mafia types, KGB agents on Facebook to trick people in the United States through Facebook posts, Facebook ads, Pokemon Go ads. You've heard me talk about that as well. Twitter ads, whatever. Tricking people. That's right. Tricking them into voting for Trump, even though they should have. This is the this is the I'm telling you, this is the narrative. No matter how they try to spruce it up, this is what they want you to believe. People that were supposed to vote for Hillary were tricked by KGB agents or Putin's Facebook team into voting for Trump in 2016. And they spent four years and untold millions, if not more, dollars, millions of dollars, maybe more, in basically, well, in this propaganda. That, my friends, was the big lie. We had a president that was impeached in part, predicated upon that lie two times. I mean... the, the second impeachment was an extension of the first. Trump's trying to collude this time uh, with the Ukraine, right? Even though Biden's the one on tape saying, do this or we're going to pull the money away from you. That doesn't matter. None of that matters to people. Critical thinking is lost uh, on a lot of people because they hear terms like the big lie, Russian collusion, all this sort of silly nonsense, and they have hatred stirred up in their hearts for President Trump or whatever, conservatives, Republicans, they're told that Republicans don't want people to vote. They're told that Republicans uh, long for the era where minorities or black Americans could not vote, although 
we have uh, who who are the ones? I guess we should say it this way: who are the ones that call Black Americans Uncle Tom if they vote with Republicans or if they're conservative? I mean, look at what's happened to Clarence Thomas. Look what's happened uh, to Thomas Sowell. My goodness, we could go through the list of of Black conservatives who are maligned and attacked and misrepresented who are called Uncle Tom. We had stinking Biden going on to Charlemagne the God. It's a stupid name. But Charlemagne's uh, television show, or I guess radio show, what's that called? The Morning uh, Breakfast Breakfast Club, maybe. Anyway, when he gets on there, he tells he tells a black radio show host, if you don't vote for me instead of Trump, you ain't black. I mean, this is the who has the party of Robert Byrd, which, by the way, this stupid letter that Chuck Schumer writes to his colleagues in the U.S. Senate actually cites, it cites um, Robert Byrd, a literal member of the KKK, and he guesses which political party Robert Byrd was a part of. You can't go through the state of West Virginia, and I love this. West Virginia is a beautiful state. We went rafting there. It's an awesome state. I love that state. Beautiful state. The left doesn't like that state. They want their votes. They think those uh, the, the folks that live in West Virginia, they think are beneath them. They think those folks are not sophisticated enough. They're a bunch of, you know, hayseed hicks like the rest of us in flyover country. But they'll be happy to take their votes. But who who in the world, which party did Robert Byrd, former, not just a member of the KKK, a leader of the KKK. He's actually referenced here as kind of the model for how senators should think about changing the Senate rules, which is what Schumer wants to do, which basically means he wants to do away with the filibuster so that they can vote to change our entire election systems in an attempt, as he would put it, to save our democracy. Because we have to do this since the January 6th insurrection happened a year ago. This is the logic the Democrats try to pass and push off on the American people. This is nothing more than opportunity politics. This is nothing more than political drama, political theater. It's bad. It's right there for anyone who wants to see. It's a mile wide and not even an inch deep. There's no substance here. This is silly. This is ridiculous. But do not do not put it past them. And I have to go back to what happened at the end of last year when Mitch McConnell and a handful of other Republicans temporarily suspended the filibuster. And we said this at the time. Does this not set the precedent for them to now push this through for other votes. It would seem at this particular point in time that that is quite possibly what is going to happen. Quick time out, my friends. Back here to continue this discussion in just a minute. You know, I was also wanting to get to this tweet from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez about uh, Republicans, I guess, um, wanting her sexually, I guess. I just, I, the, the things that happen in politics today, I, I don't know that we'll get to that today. That happened recently as well, but I, I want to make sure we go through this because this, as entertaining as that is to me, and it definitely has entertained me, this, this is more important. So I, look, we're going to have to focus on this because I think I think it's important. So let's look at this stupid letter Chuck Schumer sent to senators dated yesterday, January 3rd, 2022. As, a, as we approach the anniversary, 
the anniversary of the January 6th attack on our capital and our democracy. I am writing to follow up on my last dear colleague uh, before Christmas, specifically to outline next steps on urgently needed voting rights legislation. Now, as I set up at the beginning of the program, the reason that they want to do this is because they know that left they know this they won't they won't acknowledge this but they know it they know it deep down they know it they are fully aware that what they want to do is not popular with the american people nor should it be by the way anyway um they want to federalize nationalize elections they want to take those away from the states which is constitutionally given to them supreme courts say you should say you can't do this but then again since when has the Supreme Court, it does on occasion, but when has it really stood up for the Constitution? I look back to the Obamacare ruling with John Roberts. I don't want to go through all that, but the point is they are willing to take great, uh, take great steps and do incredible things, right? As far as making it virtually impossible to stop someone from voting who's not supposed to be voting. And nobody wants that. That, that is absurd. That is completely absurd. I think elections should be as easily as 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 I don't want to say this as easily accessible as possible without making them rife with opportunities for voter fraud, right? And candidly, folks, that may mean, especially in the wake of this last election, that may mean a whole lot of things that need to change. You've heard some people talk about, uh, you know. All ballots need to be recorded on paper. I mean, given that you think about what could happen if these machines are connected to the Internet, and we know that some of these machines were connected to the Internet, even though they've told us that can't happen. I mean, it's there's been examples of this being demonstrated by people, but that doesn't matter. But anyway, Chuck Schumer, it does matter. It just doesn't matter to the media. Chuck Schumer is trying to pass what he's calling voting rights legislation. So the narrative is because a bunch of people decided to storm the Capitol a year ago, our democracy about crumbled, which is so stupid to me. And you can say that without saying that you condone the actions of people who broke the law. If you break the law, you should face the consequences. Ironically, what people were upset about, a lot of people who protested, I'm not talking about the people who actually broke the law, but there were a lot of protesters there that didn't do anything wrong. Right? They didn't break any laws. They were upset because they thought that our democracy, if you want to use the Democrats' words, was put at risk last January because, because the actual voting process should have been called into question because of all the irregularities, the statistical improbability, impossibilities, not just improbabilities, the examples of that were uncovered um, – and, and that continue to be uncovered. They were actually there to protest the actual electoral counts because they didn't think those were accurate based upon how people really voted because they lost faith in the elections because, look, a lot of these states arbitrarily set their own rules that allowed ballots to come in days and weeks after the election, even though that went explicitly against the will of their state legislatures. Didn't matter. I mean, it's just remarkable what happened. It really is. Anyway, so that this this letter, which I don't have time to go all the way through, um, he's using the incidents of January 6th to basically say Chuck Schumer is. 
to say we have to we have to do something because I guess because a group of people um, stormed the, the Capitol, trespassed, and were arrested. Um, I guess because of that, people uh, people who vote in states around the country may not uh, get to do that again because of that. I mean, it's it's beyond absurd to me. The idea that that group of people would overthrow our government, <laughs> it's not. It's beyond laughable. It's absurd. And you can say that without condoning the actions. This is, this is stupid. This is Dramacrats being Dramacrats. And he's going to use this. He's going to say, which he's already kind of said in a roundabout way, he's going to come out and say that, look, when it's something as fundamentally important as this, when our very democracy itself is, itself is hanging in the balance, we have no choice but to bypass the filibuster rule because Republicans are standing in the way of protecting the rights of Americans to vote, and we cannot stand for that. Therefore, we have to get rid of the filibuster and pass this legislation without votes from the Republican Party, which, of course, if Republicans did something like this, would be called, you name it, every name in the book would be called an abuse of power, so on and so forth. But that's what they're setting up here, my friends. Get ready for this. This is one of a multiple-prong attack because they know they are in one heck of a mess electorally as we move into 2022 and into the midterms. Quick time out back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. They want to talk about they want to talk about the assault on democracy. They want to talk about the assault on our, on our system of government, what they are waging is actually that very thing. And this is, again, part and parcel. This is the, the MO. This, these are the tactics employed by today's radical left. They accuse you what they themselves oftentimes are. Again, look no further than Robert Byrd, Klansman, literal Klansman leader of the KKK, Democrat Party, praised and even referenced in this stupid letter Chuck Schumer wrote to the his fellow Senate colleagues. Literal racist KKK member, Democrat senator from West Virginia, is apparently the standard bearer for Democrats today. Quick time out. Back in just a minute. My friends, unfortunately, that is all of the time that we have today. But I think, again, the takeaways from this are the Democrats are scared. They know what is coming. They know what is coming when the American people go to the polls this November unless they can do something about it. And so this is their last hurrah here to somehow salvage the 2020 midterms. And don't, again, nothing Absolutely nothing is off the table with these folks. Do not forget that for one millisecond. I've got to go. Thanks so much for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.